Gay y'all, and welcome to the Gay Agenda YYC. Once again, I am at Gay Yoda YYC, and this week we're actually doing things a little differently. It is Mental Health Awareness Week, and everyone knows that I am a huge advocate on mental health. I have faced my own battles with mental health all my life, so it is a very important topic to me, and I like to talk about it as much as I can. So what we will be doing is I'm actually bringing back two of my favorite podcasts that I've done uh, in regards to mental health with my with some of my older podcasts. I will be playing them in order of when we aired them so you can actually see the progression of my mental health in these three parts. So it is over the course of the year. Uh, one we did last January, the other one we did, I think, around May of last year, and then the last one we recorded this week. I uh, will be airing them today, Wednesday, and then we will be giving you another one Saturday, and then we will be giving you another one on Monday, or just to coincide with Bell Let's Talk Day, which will be January 29th this year where I implore you all to be using the Bell Let's Talk hashtags and retweets and Facebook and Instagram filters so we can grab some money from Bell and slam it all back into the Mental Health Awareness Fund. Uh, they do amazing things with actually funding all of these programs to help people with me that battle mental health and mental illness. So, without further ado, thank you for joining us. It's going to be a week-long adventure in crazy, and I thank you all so much for taking the time and listening to all of my jibber-jabber and yammerings on. Consider yourselves hashtag blessed because you've just stumbled across the Gay Agenda YYC, a podcast that spills the tea on all things LGBT and Q in the Calgary area. So join me at the Gay Agenda YYC and the squad hashtag trademark as we solve all your first world gay probs one hashtag at a time. This week we are joined by someone stealing all the candy off of the table. Our president. <laughs> Can you quickly um, please? <laughs> Um, okay, he so can't make the episode, but he can take the candy. <laughs> exactly, yeah. he can always have the treats. This is exactly what the uh, management people. This is exactly what they do. Um, all right, so this week we are talking about mental health, um, how it, it affects uh, the LGBTQ plus community. I forgot a letter. LGBTQ2A+. There we go. Uh, community and everyone else in general. Uh, I think that it's fair to say that a lot of us um, do experience some mental health issues within our lifetime. Um, uh, there's data on it, but isn't uh, is it like 30 to 50% people have like mental health issues? 
most of it go like undiagnosed. Yeah, that um, sounds about right. Either because of uh, stigma or everything else, they just think it's normal and it, it's um, that that whole hidden kind of thing. It's really easy to see when you got a broken arm or a broken leg, but it's hard to see when you got a broken mind. So people don't usually see it a lot. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about. So, I am joined with my fellow brother husbands. So, uh, who's gay this time? Be gay, Ray. What's up? <laughs> it's not, that's, that's the straight one. I'm, I'm butch gay today. Oh, you're butch gay today? All right. So, I'm wearing flannel. Okay, so be gay straight, Eric. What's up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, be Do gay, M. Oh, we also got Emily here. So, be gay, M. I love flannel. <laughs> 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 oh my god, she is a lesbian. She is. <laughs> right on point. We uh, So we're, yeah, we're talking today about mental health. There's a, well, Emily and I are both advocates for mental health because uh, we both be fucking crazy sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. So uh, we were actually really excited to talk about this because uh, both of us have experienced some kind of mental health issue in our past slash recently so we will we go on that um before we start with that ray eric do either of you have any mental health issues that you actually know of or i have you as a brother yeah (laughs) i know that is a definite issue that you have to live with for the rest Um, of your life i i know i have depression that's undiagnosed and Mm -hmm. then i have um ptsd that was diagnosed when i was a child okay now is it do we think that it's mostly because the depression part of it. Is it a is it instilled in us in while we are young? Or is it something that you usually think that it kind of grows as you get older? Like getting it? Yeah, like cuz me, I I just always felt depressed, quote unquote, mm-hmm. since I was very like I've always had depression. Mm-hmm. Like I think I've always had like even as a kid, I've but again, way back in the 1850s <laughs> when I was young. And they didn't have lights. Yeah, exactly. They had gas lamps. That's yeah. that's how we had to deal with everything. There's you just deal with it. I think that's we, we it was never talked about. It was never anything that was in the news. Um, if anyone did have a mental disorder, it's because they were crazy and killed somebody, not because they're just, you know, well, depressed. I think part of the stigma behind depression is that there are people that don't understand depression, so they always say, well, you have nothing to be sad about, so why are you sad? Mm-hmm. And that's not what depression is. Yeah. Like, yes, you might feel sad, but there's multiple layers in that depression. Yeah. yeah. Right? So it's not about just feeling sad because shit's going on in your life. It's... Mm-hmm. You're sad because you don't know why. Yeah, exactly. And that's really just it. You don't know what is wrong. Yeah. It just, it's, it's something is wrong. You don't know what it is. Um, I know uh, you, uh, Eric has had to deal with it where he comes home or I'm in just, I'm just in a mood and he's like, what's Not wrong? always. Yes, it's always. <laughs> it's true. But at least I'm able to fake it better when I'm at work or whatever. Cause I'm like paid to, but I come home and I'm just in like a, like I'm, I'm quiet. I'm, I'm you only of, give me like one or two word answers. Yeah, I'm withdrawn. I yeah. am curt. I just don't want to talk. And then he, uh, he asks, he's like, you know, he's the caring partner and whatever. And he's the one that wants to dive into it and wants to figure it out what it is. But don't ask, uh, don't ask a depressed person what's wrong because yeah. they don't know. Mm-hmm. And they're just going to like snap back at you because it's even more annoying with the fact that we don't know. We really, if we could, if we did know, it would be great and we could solve it, but you just don't. So when that happens, he just, he knows to stay out of my way um, and just yeah. let me do my thing. Oddly, half the time when <laughs> I'm in a mood, I can text Ray and he's in a mood because <laughs> it's just, that's how it happens. I don't, so that's half the time. I don't know if I'm depressed or if I'm picking up on Ray's depression. <laughs> yeah. Like it literally, 
Um, I think that's also the thing Eric does is if he if he asks me what's wrong, I'm like, I don't know. He's like, did you call Ray? Yeah, Did you totally. see what's wrong with him? So I'm like, fine, I'll text Ray. I'll be like, yo, are you crazy today? He's And then he'd be like, yeah, so pissed. I'm like, okay, that's what it is. Ray's <laughs> pissed, so I'm pissed. They're, it's like some stupid psychic connection, and that's half the time that's what it is. Yeah. But we also know it... It kind of comes and goes in a seasonal kind of way. Mm-hmm. So I can see that Ray has had some data. So tell us what's coming up or what did, what did just happen. Right? That hasn't happened. Hasn't happened yet. yet. God, I hate it when I'm like so in like a time loop. It just drives me nuts. That's yeah. what happens when you record in advance. Yeah. This is why I don't like doing it in the future. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so it's Blue Monday coming up on the 21st. Oddly enough, it's Adam's birthday. <laughs> that is depressing. I know. <clears throat> but Happy it, birthday to our president, by the way. Yeah. He had his birthday present. He had his candy. He's fine. <laughs> uh, it happens on the third Monday of every year. Yeah. So you kind of know January is usually when you feel the most mm-hmm. sad, like you said, Eric. Quote, unquote. Yeah. Which is kind of, it's actually a major depressive disorder that only happens seasonally. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's seasonal affected disorder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oddly strange. enough. They got a name for it. It's really sad. Oddly enough. Wah, so wah. the British psychologist, Dr. Cliff Arnell, came up with the formula to figure it out a couple of years ago in 2005. Mm-hmm. So it actually is like recently like understood. Mm-hmm. So and it happens every third, every third Monday of January. Yeah. It's based on a couple of different factors. Weather, debt, time since Christmas, time since failing, your New Year's resolutions, obviously three weeks in. Mm-hmm. And low motivational levels. So it's mostly, it's because you get to the end of the Christmas, like end of the year, and it's all like happy, jolly, everyone loves each other, everyone's in like a woo, yay us, and then like Boxing Day hits, and it's getting a little bit, and then New Year's, it's like everyone comes together for some last big hurrah, mm-hmm. and then boom. You know, if, if you are not with anyone, you, are, you do feel more alone because there's no one around you. Um, if you are living in, you know, the Northern Hemisphere, it is like the beginning, like the dead of winter. Mm-hmm. It's dark, it's gloomy, it's snowing, it's probably gross. The lack of light's the biggest thing. Y- it's, yeah, exactly. It screws up with your circadian rhythm. Yeah. So you don't want, and you, you don't want to go outside because it's gross, but you stay inside and then it's all this like not unnatural light and you don't want to talk to anybody. So it really, it is because um, it really does heighten the effect of depression because it's just it it hits if, on a if, lot of key if points. you already have depression if you yes. don't have depression yeah. it still affects a lot of people the same way oh exactly like i'm sure like any happy-go-lucky person by the mid like the third week of january they're like they still feel kind of like just you know blah mm-hmm. except for us this year because there's no snow outside yeah, I know. Like, what is like? This but like, what is this like? Frosty ass shit. Or, I know. Yeah, it's a little chill. It's like, like, minus, like, it's like I, minus six, I, and we're I know, complaining. I know, but <laughs> it's because there's a wind chill. I hate the wind. <clears throat> God, these people. <sighs> Tell you when I grew up. Listen, just because you had to walk to school barefoot, <laughs> uphill both ways, and uh-huh. four feet of snow. Yeah, exactly. Through like a wolf den. Like it was that bad. <laughs> Let me tell you. No, because the wolf mother was your teacher. I get that. That's true. Wasn't it Wolf Mother was a really good rock band from the 90s. And the aughts, they were British. Sure. Sorry. That's my tangent. We're trying to cure mental health here. Uh, you obviously cannot cure this. I am like... <laughs> Diatribe just, central. Yeah, I'm like randomness, like nth degree. Okay. <clears throat> what are the major forms of depression? That, like, what are the major forms of mental disorders that we do know? 
So depression, anxiety. Mm-hmm. OCD is actually, I think, one yeah, of them, depression, too. Depression, anxiety, OCD, <laughs> PTSD. Yeah. So post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, Which a lot of people have and they don't realize. Yeah. That you can get it from the most random Yeah, like, because PTSD, and I, I'll talk about this for a second. So PTSD is mostly associated with veterans who come back from... Um, active duty. Well, that's how it started. That, it, it was. Yeah. It used to be called like shell shock syndrome. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But all it takes sometimes is being in a traumatic situation mm-hmm. where your brain's like, I can't fucking, de- I can't deal with this. Yeah. And then you 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 start experiencing symptoms of PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, so mine comes from um, my childhood. Uh, before I moved to Calgary with my dad and my stepmom, um, I lived with uh, my biological mother and her very abusive common-law husband mm-hmm. and so I tossed around like a rag doll and it was it was four years of hell and and um it's not something that I widely talk about but you know it, it I do have PTSD from it and so as a result I get flashbacks and I get there, there's a few other symptoms involved with that um but flashbacks are the main one yep. where you get flashback to to a main event or uh <clears throat> I find that certain things trigger me like in high school I got really triggered mm-hmm. uh we did the holocaust unit um and I could see how that's not triggering period. So, but, but okay. so what had happened is is um, we um, I read four four or five pieces of holograph or uh, mm-hmm. holographic um, <laughs> Holocaust <laughs> based literature, and then we had watched um, I think it was Schindler's List we'd watched. So I read and watched all that within a span of like a week and a half, and my brain didn't have enough time to process the content, so. Yeah. It triggered my PTSD, and I ended up getting pretty severe nightmares from it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I think I started sleepwalking around that time. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I learned from that that I can I can read graphic pieces like that, mm-hmm. but I need to space them out. Okay. Or have something in between. All right. So, mm-hmm. un- unlike Ray and I, who watch horror movies every night, mm-hmm. um, and see people... And I think that's why I can't uh, watch And them. Emily. Oh, no, Emily's here, too. But at least I know mm-hmm. Ray and I, we'll, we'll like sit down and have a nice family dinner, and we'll put on a slasher flick, because yeah. that kind of was what like calms us down, <laughs> and, like... Love, Absolutely. Yeah, we love watching, like high school bimbos like run down the hallway topless and we like we're like eating her papa's chicken we're like you stupid chick <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's totally how we like bond as a family uh, but you never watch them I never do yeah okay I guess that makes more sense yeah. and, I, and I don't just think you're just like some <laughs> some uh, big wimp yeah exactly you're not just a wimp <laughs> okay he's a little bit crazy fine um, and so another another mainstream not mainstream but another form of um, mental disorder that's starting to become Come more into the limelight is actually narcissism. What are you trying to say? No, honey, you're not yeah, a narcissist. I was just thinking of you. <laughs> I'm gonna diagnose you a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a real disorder, it actually is a legit mm-hmm. real disorder. Yeah. And I don't have my notes in front of me to be able to tell you what it is, but we will have to come back to that one. But okay, yes. Um, and there's also bipolar depression. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I know one of our friends, um, he did he he did suffer from bipolarism. Yes. Um, and I don't know if he decided... One one time he did decide to go off his meds, as I'm sure a lot of bipolar yeah. people do. Because they're like, ooh, I'm feeling great. And that's and the I, whole I, point. I, you do feel really yeah. great, so you don't think you need your meds. I've done it too. Yeah. Um, where And then all of a sudden you don't realize you're slipping, and yeah. all of a sudden you are at the... What, the bottom of the peak of bipolarism, and it's a really 
tough to get out. Yeah. And I think the way I see it is like d- depression is, uh, it's kind of a, a low level and you're always there at the bottom and the bipolarism is kind of like a super high peaks of up, down, up, down, mm-hmm. up, yeah. down, up, down. So I think that I don't know if I'd be able to do that. I'd rather just be depressed 24 hours a day yeah. than be happy for half well, a day. Well, and bipolar, you can flip a switch in like two seconds. Oh, well, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's very much scary. But I don't know, because I can have a really, really normal day and then just one thing happens and it triggers it and then I am just just but, miserable. <clears throat> but then again, is that just normal human no, behavior but there's so. when there are signs i've noticed being your husband yeah yeah there are signs when i can tell when you're starting to head into a cycle mm-hmm. like a down cycle yeah um when he hasn't seen me for like two days <laughs> it's so terrible um and it's it's your whole demeanor as a person changes yeah um like the two or three days leading up to it and then you're like your inner cycle and it's lasted up to a week oh god yeah and there have been times where i'm like and that's been the hardest part being a partner of someone who has depression is there's a, I, I know that it's not something I've done, but there's a part of me that thinks it's something that I've done. <laughs> it's usually your fault. <laughs> Don't be mean to Eric. You're right? so Thank you. Thank you for standing up for me. <laughs> but no, but, um, so, and so there's, there's a real big part of me that tries not to be a fixer. Cause I know I just need to leave you alone yeah, yeah. and you will wake up one morning and you will feel better Yeah, mm-hmm. or not feel better, but you will, you will be, yeah. Like, try not to make me feel better. Okay. <laughs> but you will, you'll be, you'll be back up into your, your normal realm of functioning. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and I can usually tell cause you're, you're in a, in a brighter mood then and you're a lot more talkative and you at some point apologize for being an ass for the last few days. Terry apologizes? He does. I know. It doesn't happen often. He's what? learning. We taught him how to be vulnerable <laughs> exactly. on the last podcast. Right? Wow. It's all about that personal growth. Hashtag 2019 goals. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, okay. So, seeing as how we got you here, M. Yes. Um, I, so, I've been, I've been working with you for, what, three, four years? I think so. Yeah. Um, and you, like me, are some kind of crazy. <laughs> Right, a lot of crazy, a lot of crazy, um, and we are not trying to be any offensive with anyone who have mental disorders because we have them. So I think we can own the word crazy because we we really are. But we both suffer from some kind of mental health issues, um, and I know. When I first met Emily, I just thought she was a grumpy old bitch <laughs> all the time. That's what everyone's first impression was. <laughs> Let's not talk to Emily. Yeah, she's weird. <laughs> um, but I think it's because, and I think you've said it before, you were in a, like, a Britney 07 phase. <laughs> for, oh, it was bad. It was yeah. fucking awful. So what um, What was it? What, what if, if you don't mind talking about it, or if you don't say Terry, screw off. <laughs> but, like, it, was it just meant basic depression, or was oh, it... Oh, it was major depression. Yeah. It was literally, like, waking up one morning, and I had just no will to live. I had no energy. I just... I cried a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, in my bedroom closet, <laughs> in my bed, laying on the floor, just cry, 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 and I didn't want to leave I didn't want to go anywhere and it was probably like three or four months of just that every mm-hmm, day mm-hmm. like ugh. if you don't mind me asking and I hope this isn't insensitive but do you think some of it was part of what uh, was had something to do with still being in the closet and not no. really acknowledging no Mm-mm. it was do you, th- you think it was just like life is, yeah. was it just I tried to you? think what was going on. I'm like, okay, hey, there's nothing weird at work. There's nothing weird with my friends or family. I'm mm-hmm. just... It just happened. I don't know. Yeah. It's and actually that's... higher rates for women. It's 50% higher. Mm-hmm. So it's twice the amount for you guys than it is for men. 
Another to reason get, to hate y'all. I'm yeah. sorry about that. It's the hormone fluctuations and everything else in their body that causes it. Mm-hmm. So it's hysterical. That's what it is. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> it's hysterical depression. <laughs> it's totally what we're going to call it. Of course, we all remember, we all know how they cured hysterical depression way back in the 50s, right? They put you up in the stirrups and, like, uh, brought a dildo or a vibrator to you and they made you orgasm because once you orgasm, you feel better. Oh, yeah. Is this a cure? <laughs> We're not doing it on the podcast today. Yeah, not right now. All right, bring up the stirrups. <laughs> I can't believe you asked that. <laughs> this is because this is a conversation Emily and I have on a regular basis. Yeah, like every day. Every day. So um, I had three this morning, by the way. Yay! See, and look how cheerful she is. Exactly. Yes. So you've heard it here, folks. The actual cure for hysterical depression. <laughs> Orgasms. <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, please take a break from our uh, sponsors uh, as we all like trample upstairs to the dungeon. Um, now, how did so if it lasted for like so, so three or four months for you? How did you get out, or did you, or what happened? Very slowly. Yes. And mm-hmm. I have to credit my best friend. Mm-hmm. The hoe bag we talked about in my first podcast, yes. Emily. Love the other Emily. <laughs> Who's also, like, fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she knows she's crazy. But she would send me links to different Calgary therapists and psychiatrists and where I could go. And she was there, like, just 24-7, even though she's in London, which is, like, eight hours ahead. Mm-hmm. But, and there was... Absolutely never any judging, yeah. like, at all. And I think that's the big part. Like, I think a lot of us struggle with that is uh, if you are having depression or some kind of other mental illness, it's very tough to admit to it to someone else that you don't think is going to understand because it's going to be judged right away. Mm-hmm. At least you think so because you think there's something wrong with you. Yes. It's, um again, it's not a... It's not a, disor- a men- like a disorder or a illness that is visible, so you can't show any outside factors that actually did this. Like I didn't get run over a car, and now all of a sudden I have OCD. Mm-hmm. It's like it- it's two separate things, which can also be triggered through PTSD. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, yeah, like and and that's the problem. We a lot of us don't know how it started. You don't know what the causes or the roots are. It just kind of happens. Mm-hmm. There's some of us, yes, if it is seasonal affective disorder and you only get it, say, come December, January, February, then that's fine. At least you know you can be ready for it. But yeah. anyone else that has just, re- I don't want to say regular depression because that just sounds terrible, but it just it can happen anytime and you don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, I know for me, there's certain days and times that do trigger it. So I know I'm ready for it. Uh, I always take it off work and I always pretend that it's like, it's just going to be like a, you know, it's a regular holiday, but I always know exactly what it is. Cause I do, I cannot, I don't leave the house. I don't do all this stuff just so I'm ready. But I think we found with those like two days out of the year mm-hmm. that we both like can't deal with. Yeah. We kind of just like hang out together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even so much about spending time together because mm-hmm. we do that anyway yeah it's more so that we just have like support yeah so because we both know what we're going through yeah yeah so, even if we don't sit there and talk about it yeah exactly we literally just have support so i think that's one of the biggest things people should know yeah just f- have the support system. if someone is depressed just be there for them mm-hmm. like emily said be able to talk to them mm-hmm. or just be able to be around them even if you're not talking because that's a big support system yeah, yeah. um 
and that's is exactly it. Like I come home and I'm, I'm I'm pissed off. I don't want to be alone. Like I'm glad Eric is in the room, but I just don't want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. But at least he's here, right? At least I'm not alone or whatever. Mm-hmm. But even if you are alone, like with Emily, you had friends. You were actually like at least you were able to text her. Mm-hmm. You're able to like contact the other Emily, so you didn't actually feel alone mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And that's a, I think that's one of the biggest things when you start when you first start seeing symptoms of a mental health issue. You feel alone. Well, and the, once you start feeling it, you don't actually realize it. Yeah. It just kind of like yeah. crashes into you like waves. Mm-hmm. And you just think it's normal and this is how it's always been and this yeah. is how you always will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it felt like. felt like it was never going to mm-hmm. go away mm-hmm. and that's just what I was going to be like forever. Yeah. Well, and I only actually, I don't want to say diagnose, but I've only started treating my mental disorder. Um, Within the last year? Uh, two years. Is it two years now? Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> I actually remember the day when I was, when I, when I, I don't want to say found out, but quote, unquote, discovered that I actually had one oh, because I knew I was depressed most of my life. And mm-hmm. I just think, thought it was a thing and I thought I could handle it because I have been handling it poorly, obviously, um, for most of my life. And anyone that knows me usually thinks that I'm like this, like happy, cheery, always bubbly kind of person. But then when I come home, I'm like, Oh God, like I'm mm-hmm. the act is over and I can just sit and I can do nothing. But it was uh, the eve of my 20th high school reunion, so maybe that was a trigger. I don't know. But I went to the doctor because I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of sick of feeling this way some of the times, and I feel like this and this and this. I'm like, maybe it's just because I'm older. Maybe it's because I'm almost hitting 30-ish. <laughs> um and I just, you know, it, it could be a midlife crisis time. I don't know. So I went to my doctor, and he, like, hands me this, like this checklist and I'm like, well, this is the most ridiculous thing ever. And so I'm like, check, 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 check. You know, uh, it's like one of those, do you like to hurt puppies? No, I'm good. Uh, do you feel, um, sad about yourself uh, three times a week? I'm like, sure. Why not? Who doesn't? Anyways, he looks at back and he's like, yep, mm -hmm, you got depression. And I'm like, what? So he's like, yep. And we can, and I, I think as soon as he said it, um, it just like some kind of wall, like came down and I, I just, I, started crying right in front of him 15 minutes of straight bawling i couldn't say anything i was like (laughs) that was like seriously i couldn't even form words and i'm like what is going on with me and i think that was the scariest thing was i didn't know what was happening yeah and then he just sat there he, he's been a and, very awesome doctor. Yeah, and waited, and he's like, uh, are you better now? I'm like, I think so. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and then we started on treatment, and it was um, my like my first kind of my first round of meds didn't really work. They made me feel gross and in the wrong ways. Hi, puppy. Um, was that an SSRI? Uh, yeah, no, it was in it was the SRI. Okay. It was Zoloft. That's okay. what it was. Didn't work for me. Um, so I switched from that into an SSRI. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm on now. Um, yes, and it works better. So, um, and, uh, <laughs> there was even one time last year where I pulled the, oh, I think I'm better. I don't need medication. So I like weaned myself totally off of did, it. Yeah. And, uh, within a week I was like a basket case and I just I'm like oh my god it's been I've been off my meds for seven days and I need to like I, yeah. I had to go to the doctor I'm like put me back on the meds so and of course I couldn't like ramp up to my old um dose to my old dose mm-hmm. so I had to like 
Well, I couldn't just start it, so I had to like slowly get in there, and I'm like, okay, come on, just get get there, and I'm like trying to rush it, but I'm like, no, it'll be fine. So now I'm actually up to a higher dose than I was before, and I'm actually I'm really happy with where I am. So mm-hmm. I'm I haven't had many bouts with it. Um, I think um, I still feel anger and like um, I, I don't want to say sadness, but I still feel real emotions. Which I maybe that's my problem. I just don't know how to process them. But I think there was a I think Emily would have noticed there was a time at work like last week when I just got so like just not frustrated. But I get so in the zone that I just be I look mean and I look angry and I don't talk to anybody. But I like I'm just so focused that I like could just do work. It's mm-hmm. resting bitch face. Yeah, we it, we have that exactly. You have and, it too. <laughs> I do. And uh, it's just uh, yeah, I get into that zone of like, oh my god, I'm so concentrated, I'm so focused, and I want to do something that everyone just leaves me alone. They're like, oh god, don't talk to Terry mm-hmm. today. Terry's just a, in a pissy mood. I'm like, I'm not in a pissy mood. I'm just like, stop talking to me because I'm t- I just got so much stuff to do, mm-hmm. and it only happens every once in a while. So although I, I do. Um, well, there was one time when this all started happening. I actually think it was when uh, I went off the meds and then I realized I need to go back on them. I got to work, started, I started working and I was on a closing shift. So I got there at two and by 2.30, I'm like, oh God, I don't feel like I don't feel right. I think I'm, I don't know what's going on. And I was like in the middle of like in the work on like on the sales floor with everything. And I just started crying. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I can't. <laughs> I, if customers see me or whatever, I'm like, I can't, so I like, like, it just like, my eyes started tearing up and I'm like, okay. So I like run to the back. <laughs> I go to the office where Emily knows everyone cries in the office. That's just where you go. But my manager's there. So I'm like, ah, damn it. So I'm like, screw it. I like go in, close the door. And he looks up from his desk. He's like, what? And I like, just give him, I give him like the one moment finger I hold the door and the tears just like explode right out of my face. And again, he's a very nice gentleman. Uh, he does not know how to deal with a lot of these kind of things. He's very proper. Uh, so he just sat there slack jawed and waited until I was finished. And he's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. It's not because of work. But I gotta go. And he's like, Okay. <laughs> so that I'm like, when you left and you, then you came back yes, later? Yeah, okay. that was that time. I just, and that's why. I just had a breakdown at work. Um, I didn't know why. Didn't know what it was. I, I drove all the way home. I came here. I sat for like two hours and just like relaxed. And then I went back to work. And I was fine. You texted me because you're like, I'm on my way home. Yeah. And, I'm, and I was heading home from work too. And I'm like, okay, do you yeah. want tea or something? Yeah. Because I'm trying to make you feel better. And you're like, no, mm-hmm. don't bother. And then I come home and there's no one in this house. Yeah. And I scour this house. There's no note that you've gone back to work. Mm-hmm. So I go out to look to see if the car is still there. And I'm texting you the whole time and you're not answering me. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so yeah. And it just it just happens. I don't know what triggers it. And so that was actually the last bout. So um, after that, and I've stayed on it. And I'm, you know, not as, I guess I can't be hysterical. But mm-hmm. I'm not as crazy as I used to be back then. <laughs> I still get those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you do. Terry's seen me many times. I go into the office and I like flail my arms. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. And then just like <laughs> crying and a mess. And then I'm like, I'm fine. But I, but I think because I know exactly what it's like. So I just like she like if you come into my office and that's about to happen, I just let it happen. Like you don't stop it. You don't say, oh my god, are you okay? Oh, it's gonna be all right. You just let it go. Like just get the emotions out. And then, 
you kind of get a recharge and then you're better. And then if you want to talk about it, you talk about it. If you don't, I understand. And then that's it. Like, it's just, I think what you really need to do if you are struggling or dealing with some kind of mental disorder is just find someone else who is as well. It doesn't have to be the same one, but just understand exactly that uh, there's signs and symptoms that other people won't understand. Mm -hmm. And then, like, how to actually fix it all. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, With that, did we talk about some of the symptoms of depression? What do we got? Um, trouble concentrating, mm-hmm. remembering details, making mm-hmm. decisions. AKA just getting old. Yeah. Yeah. Fatigue, feelings of guilt, worthlessness, helplessness, pessimism, hopelessness, insomnia, which is huge. Early morning wakefulness or sleeping too much, also huge. Irritability, restlessness, loss of interest in things that you once enjoyed, including sex. Again, orgasms will fix it. <laughs> Potentially. Get on that, kids. Um, overeating or appetite loss. Aches and pains, headaches, cramps, digestive problems, persistent, sad, anxious, or empty feelings, which again is huge, um, suicidal thoughts or attempts, mm. which I think we should touch on because yes. that's a huge thing with mm-hmm. LGBT youth, yes, mm-hmm. or um, LGBT people in general. In general. Um, we know that the, st- the statistics are higher <clears throat> for LGBT2A youth. Thank you. Um, and, and the community in general. I don't even think it has to be youth anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, for thoughts of suicide or suicide attempts. Um, did it like increase by 40% or something? And like I actually was... think suicide's higher for men than it is even for women. Like and attempts. I think, uh, the, again, the reason for that is because women will sometimes, hopefully, go and seek help mm-hmm. and yes. be able to talk yeah. about it yeah. because it's feelings. More so than men, because men will always think that... Um, We're it, shamed for it. Exactly. It's it's an emotional thing. We shouldn't have to deal with it. Just, you know, man up and be able to do it. And yeah. then the, you just can't. So um, I, I think uh, also that's why for Movember, um, they changed it a few years ago when it used to just be for prostate health. Now it's actually for men's health. Um, because suicide rates were actually increasing for mm-hmm. men. Uh, both straight and gay. Yeah. Like, it's just... it's. Um, so yeah, suicide rates are increasingly higher just for men, just because of, um, you don't want to talk about it. And I had it, um, I will, I will admit to it now, uh, I think I've admitted to it in the past as well, it might have been in my I am, that I was, uh, I was suicidal as a teenager, mm-hmm. um, not anymore, because it's just not something that I've been thinking about. But unfortunately, because I have admitted to it in the past, like literally 20 five years ago that's still one of the questions my doctor always asks me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i have to be like no i am not suicidal i swear i'm okay with it now like but um i think i fell victim to a lot of how 12 to 16 year old lgbt youth feel Mm -hmm. is that there is no escape from the way that you feel back then Mm -hmm. um and I think this is one of those things that we will touch on on a, another podcast, uh, but it's just the, the whole growing up, knowing that you're a little bit different, is tough. Um, sometimes you will find a good support system. Other times, depending on how your parents or your family are going to react to it, there is no support system and all you find is resistance. And it's that resistance that just really, it builds up for so long that you just you do not know how to get away from it well and it's even resistance in yourself like mm-hmm. acknowledging what you feel and you're in that 
cycle of worthlessness that you don't feel like you're worth anything, even though you are. Yeah. If you don't, you, you don't already see depressed. It. it just gets even worse. Yeah. If because it, it, I, I do not consider my depression and my, the fact that I'm gay, um, they're interconnected, but they're not the same thing. Mm-hmm. It is two different things. Um, but my depression was definitely exacerbated. Let's put a nickel in that jar. Um, because of the fact that I was gay and growing up like that, it was, it, it definitely made it harder. Yeah. yeah. I do want to point out though that, um, according to Statistics Canada, research shows that mental illness is the most important risk factor for suicide. Um, and that more than 90% of people who commit suicide have a mental or addictive disorder. And even though depression is the most common illness of those who die from suicide, there is no single determined, uh, including mental illness, that is enough on its own mm-hmm. to cause suicide. Yeah. So just because you have a mental illness does not mean you're going to kill yourself. Yes. No, because it's, it's how you, you learn to cope with it. Yes. That's the biggest issue. Yeah. Or that you're going to go postal. Exactly, right? And I think... That's uh, when you become a writer and write whatever you want. <laughs> yes! <laughs> or just do a podcast and uh, ex- just spill out your guts on here. This is therapy. Actually, touching on that, therapy. For people with any kind of mental disorders, I know that there is actual science behind therapy, that it can work for some people. Mm-hmm. It does not work for me. Didn't you tell me once that you made a therapist cry I, telling I have, her life story? I have made story? three <laughs> therapists cry. Yep, that's what happened with mine too. Yep. Like, literally, three. And that's why I stopped going. I'm like, look, lady, I'm here. You asked me what's wrong. I'm like, this is my life. And all three of them, like, in a row, they cried. So... I would like the first one happened and I'm like, oh my God, your life. It's so, you know, it's so rough. And like, she's like dead, like wiping away her tears. I'm like, lady, I know my life is tough. You're supposed to be here fixing it, not crying for me. Mm-hmm. And then, so I stopped going to that one. And, and these, I don't want to say, um, these were all uh, advocated for me after the death of my mother. Uh, it was therapy that, you know, we were supposed to go through what is that it's not post bereavement bereavement thank you it's bereavement therapy so you'd think that these people would be ready for it because these people have have to deal with death all the time but no like uh, there was that one and then i went to another one so and then after that i'm like screw this and a year later i actually had to go to a quote-unquote therapist because i was needing to drop classes for school and i'm like Okay, because it was a counselor. I guess that's the word I'm going to look for. But yeah, so she was asking me, and I'm like, so she she's like, how was life at home? I'm like, oh, it's fine, whatever, whatever. And then it like kind of trails off and it meanders off into that category of my mother. And then, yeah, she just started crying too. And I'm like, bitch, <laughs> can you just let me drop a class? <laughs> that's all I want. <laughs> so yeah, it was, um, uh, yeah, so after that, I've stopped. Maybe they've gotten a little bit better in the past 20 years. I don't know. However, I think, Emily, you've also tried therapy. Yeah, I've seen a lot. And how does it work for you? Um, I've seen some good ones and I've seen some bad ones. Okay. Like, when I went to my second session with one lady and I told her I was happy, she said I didn't need to see her anymore. So I'm like, okay. You're cute. Cool. <laughs> Look at that. My job here is done. Good for you, lady. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you can put me on your success board. Just like, uh, put me on the notch on the bedpost. Yeah. God, that's that's just terrible. Uh, like, why wouldn't you want to have um, 
if you, as a therapist, a client that is, you know, quote unquote cured, but then be able to talk to them ad nauseum. Well, I like, feel like, oh. I feel like therapy is bigger in the States. And I also feel like therapy is a little more affordable in the States. Cause like everyone and their dog, it seems like is in therapy. But I don't know because I think, because it, same thing as the state, like with the States, like they have to pay for their Medicare and like any hospital I, visits, they also have to pay for their therapists, and sometimes therapists can be like but, two, three hundred dollars an hour. But like some, but they'll some, still go. But some of the some of the uh, people, like the other podcasts we listen to, mm-hmm. constantly talk about therapy, and they're in therapy every week. And yeah, I'm like, unless you're making money hand over fist, and I know like one of the people, Nicole Byer, who we listen to, mm-hmm. we know she hasn't made money hand over fist because mm-hmm. she's only been like really big in the last few years she says she's comfortable though she, she says she's comfortable mm-hmm. but I'm like I'm like still if you're shoveling out $300 a week for a therapist mm-hmm. that's that's a ton of money to be showing out well most of the therapists they go on a sliding scale so they base it on your wage and what you can afford so okay. they'll actually see you for free most of them if they um those take, people weren't very good take part <laughs> in that. so the, the pro bono therapists <laughs> yeah. do not because no. there is the Calgary do Counseling Center downtown yeah. I went there and mm. no I I do know, I have heard that, um, at least up here in Canada, that uh, if you talk to your family doctor, they will set you up with some sessions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can't afford it beyond whatever, like 10 or 15 sessions they give you, and the therapist deems you need more, they will extend those three sessions. Okay. Um, I know, so there's, there is some places, uh, like your employers may have programs in place that you can see therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, I know ours does. But it's dependent on who they actually have uh, available. They are a lot of the times it is the pro bono therapists that you're getting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to say that it is kind of uh, parallel to a, a public DA or whatever, um, where you get like a, a session and they've got like eight minutes to figure out if you're guilty of a crime or not. But it's they will give you the hour, but you don't know if you just feel the same investment in yourself from that therapist as you would if you're actually there paying for it. Majority of the time, um, most counselor, most therapists will actually give you a free hour. Yeah. They'll give you a free session or like a half an hour to like meet, to, to, to meet as a, you. As a meet and greet startup, whether or not they're going to take take you on as a client. Yeah, and stuff which like is that. the kind of therapist you'd want to go to because yep. they'd be more invested in mm-hmm. treating you. Yeah. Um, and I know that there is, uh, oddly, uh, because... Um, actually, now I'm thinking about it. There, it's because therapy is somewhat pricey in the states they actually have apps yes that um, you can actually go to for three free therapy sessions with an actual therapist or is it going to be low rate ones they're, they're, they're low rate but uh the difference with so I, i'm looking at one and i've heard it with um rupaul and michelle Visage mm-hmm. as well as i think nicole byers talked about it once or twice um it's a it's an app called talkspace um, and it's you can you can literally text message a counselor. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah, their plans like I'm, I'm looking at it now and I think their plans like their unlimited plan is like two hundred dollars a month. <laughs> Your unlimited crazy plan. But but that that's an unlimited access to a counselor, yeah. so you can text whenever you need to. And like they they talk about like yeah, therapy is for like some of the big things, but mm-hmm. like you can dive into those deep childhood memories. Yeah. But it's also for like I'm I have this just stressful thing at work that I'm, I'm having issues dealing with and how do I move past that so it is day to day stuff as well see and the only thing I'm worried about I'm not saying it would ever happen 
is that the people who kind of think they're depressed and have the money to to this two hundred dollar mm-hmm. a month whatever, and then they in their morning and they and they just can't decide whether or not they should wear the pink shorts or the blue shorts. So they're going to text their therapist and be like, "Hey, what color shorts do you think I would <laughs> should wear today?" Uh, because they're just looking for answers. And then is that going to tie up someone who I'm not saying that's not a real problem, but someone who actually has yeah. real problems, like that's. Um, so I think I'd rather go to a therapist and at least secure their time for that hour yeah. that I know that they're there for me. And at least then I've had time to think and uh, know where the talk is going. But with this app, just doing a little bit of research on it, cause I've thought about doing this. Yep. Um, like they, they help you set up, they help set you up with a proper therapist for your needs. Mm-hmm. So you're not just getting some, you're not getting those random pro bono ones, but you're also not going to get one who's meant to deal with like bigger psychology issues, telling you what pants to wear that day. Mm-hmm. Right. You're going to get someone who's being like, maybe you should have like a personal dresser or something like that. Yeah. Like, I know. Uh, and it's it, it like, that wasn't meant to make light of anyone's like issues, yeah. but that was just like, like an example. Cause we know that it's, I'm imagining like Kim K and Paris Hilton just <laughs> having this app and, you know, cause all of, for some reason, all of their other, uh, uh, personal assistants are like away, so they'll just be like, oh, "I'm feeling really blue today. Should I like, I don't know, wear the diamonds? Like, I don't know. Like, I could just see it happening because you know you've got the money to do it. You're gonna do it, yeah, right. And that's just my thing. Um, what I can say is, uh, thankfully, we are in Canada, the one of the greatest countries in the world. Um, most of our crazy meds are covered, yeah, mm-hmm. um, because. Uh, because of our healthcare system. So they realize that mental health illness and mental health disorders are actual illnesses that people can face. So most of our meds are covered, um, dependent on if you've got a plan through work or Blue Cross or whatever. So at least it's a low cost kind of thing. However, if people do not have access to that, uh, Ray, are there some kind of like natural ways in order to cure depression? Uh, there's quite a few. Okay, let's so on. So it's not talk, it's not curing depression, but help you treat treat and it's a treatment. Yes, yeah. yes. So for anyone who has suffered depression or kind of knows their own their own symptoms, mm-hmm. because like you said, a lot of people don't like therapy. Yeah, like I've gone to therapy once. Yeah, and she was like, "You're fine. You have a really high emotional intelligence, <laughs> but you can still suffer from depression mm-hmm. as long as you recognize your symptoms mm-hmm. and your issues. You can work through it. Yeah, for the most part." Besides, if you can use meds. Yeah. Some treatments you can actually take for yourself that are natural. Getting into a routine. This way you can kind of differentiate between your days. Yes. Because that's one thing with depression that it just kind of feels like everything just washes together. Mm-hmm. Um, setting goals. That's a huge thing, which is hard, I guess, when you're in your dark days of depression. The win sometimes just getting out of bed is a goal. <laughs> but that's a small goal. It is, that's yeah. a goal you can do. Okay. And if you continue to do that, it actually makes you feel like you're accomplishing something and you have control. Mm-hmm. So the more you can do that, the better you're going to feel. Yeah. Exercising, it releases endorphins, i.e. legally blonde. And we all know that quote. <laughs> and happy people don't kill people. <laughs> exactly. Endorphins are good for you. They're, yeah. they're the feel-good chemicals. So, again, the hysteria. Yes, exactly. exactly. Or orgasm, whatever. Orgasms. <laughs> you don't need to be fit. You just have to have orgasms. Um, exercise itself can actually rewire your brain. Mm-hmm. So that's why it actually makes you feel better. Actually, I, I will um, completely agree with that. When I was on my fit craze, 
I was the happiest that I was in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Um, Although then it just actually started to uh, get to the point where I craved the fitness. Uh, I'd have to go to the gym because I craved those endorphins going. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a bad addiction, but it's actually you can actually get addicted. I got addicted to going to the gym. That's why they call it runner's high. Yeah. Oh, but I loved it. It was amazing. Um, eating healthy is a huge thing, too. Oh, God, whatever. Obviously, <laughs> it is. Um, but eating omega-3 fatty acids like salmon and tuna mm-hmm. or folic acid in spinach, it can actually help depression. Okay, first of all, I'm never eating tuna or spinach. I like tuna. No. Salmon, like though, spinach. you can take supplements for omega-3s. Yeah, I know. And I do, but then you get, like, fishy breath and it's gross. Put them in the fridge. Cold, they don't happen. All right. I'm not going to go to the fridge for my one thing of omegas. Okay, continue. <laughs> um, sleep. Sleep is huge. If you don't get it, it'll make depression worse, which then leads to insomnia, which depression causes too. Which is exactly what I have as well. Is uh, and I didn't even notice it, but at the same time that my depression was actually like coming to a head, uh, my sleep. I have a sleep disorder that is crazy. Mm -hmm. It's I cannot fall asleep, and then once I do fall asleep, I'm literally out for like ten hours. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, and that's just how it is. Um, For sleep too, you need to hit your REM cycles. So hour and a half. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. If you wake up at like eight hours instead of seven and a half, yeah, that'll make you feel more drowsy. Um, so well, you don't want to do that. One thing I did, um, one thing I did find is a fitness tracker. Most of them have, and or smartwatches now. Most of them do have a sleep cycle. Um, yeah. Measurer. Mm-hmm. So you know if you're in your deep sleep. Exactly. Now. So and I look at it all the time. And so if I see that um, I've hit my. You know, if I hit my peak of eight hours and I look at my actual graph and it like, shows me w- what my light, deep, and REM sleep were, and I'm like, okay, it's not going to be indicative of like, oh my God, am I going to have a really good day today? But at least I know that um, I've at least done that part. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't get one, if you if you want to actually get one, it's good because it'll knock off two of the things that are actually on this list, mm-hmm. which is the fitness, like just trying to get more energy and whatever, and the sleep, because like, it does measure both of them. We're not saying go get a gym membership. Oh, God, no. Like, I walk our dog twice that's a day. All, that's honestly, yeah. if you can walk a couple times a week, that mm-hmm. ex- yeah. ex- little bit of exercise will help a lot. And I find, like, on, on there are days, especially the days when I have to go into the office, and I, I don't like going into my office, mm-hmm. um, but walking the dog helps me, helps motivate me to actually get dressed and go out. Yeah. Um, back to sleep. Don't nap. Mm-hmm. Most people don't. I don't think. I hate napping. I can't nap because you feel. I, I feel drunk after um, I wake up. Yeah. My husband's a narcoleptic. Yeah, he naps every five seconds. <laughs> he falls asleep to anything. It's it's, it's true though. Oh, I can fall asleep anywhere to anything. Mm-hmm. Like there could be like gale force winds outside, and I'm. Yeah. Whereas I am one of the main reasons I can't fall asleep because I always think an axe murderer is coming in the house. Um, I hear spooky sounds all the time. I think someone is in the closet. Uh, I know. I am 30 plus, but I still have these childhood fears. Uh-huh. So do I. Right? It's just, it, it, uh, you get used to it. And well, and the, the nights you do come to bed with me because you have to mm-hmm. be up at the butt crack of dawn. Yeah. I'm asleep in 30 seconds. Oh, God, like, yeah. And he's timed it. And it pisses me off. Because mm-hmm. I would love to be able to fall asleep <laughs> like that. We're married to the same person. I know. It's sad. <laughs> it's annoying. But, like, I can't. So I'm I'm literally there. I'll, like, I'll be in the bed and, like, I'll have, I will go through 
all all the Netflix. I'll watch a show. Hell, I'll probably even watch porn. And then I will go through the Twitter. And then I will go everything. And I still can't fall asleep. And then it's like 4 o'clock in the morning. And I know I have to work in like, I have to be up in two hours. And it's like, oh, there it is. Now I'll fall asleep. And it's the worst. Yeah, it just... So, back to the napping. Mm-hmm. Not quote-unquote napping. Oh, yeah. That, that used to be our euphemism for sex. Yeah. <laughs> but actually napping, don't nap unless you're doing it for like 20 minutes. That's it. Because mm-hmm. you'll go into the REM sleep again, and then it'll fuck up your it'll sleep cycle. It'll pull yourself out. Completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing for is turn off your phone an hour before. Or blue light. Who I know, are they? I know. It's impossible, but it works. Turn off your phone. I don't think close your laptop screen. <laughs> The blue light actually makes an issue with your melatonin production, mm-hmm. which we've all heard. Mm-hmm. So try that if you can't sleep. Essential oil diffuser, I got you hooked on them. Oh, God. They're, they're amazing. I know. Um, it's We are literally living an episode of Bob's Burgers right now because... <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Essential oils are everything for us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got two of them going in the house right now, but yeah. whatever. So get one for your bedroom. Mm-hmm. Lavender essential oil. We we sleep with it all the time. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. does put you to bed. Again, me, nothing, but whatever. Um, a Himalayan salt lamp great. is also really good because mm-hmm. it helps reduce the or increase the negative ions in your room and level it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also very good. Um, take on responsibilities. Another good way. <laughs> Please. Because um, depression will make you want to pull back in your life. So stay involved. Friends, community. Mm-hmm. It'll give you a sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Again, the same thing about completing things, setting goals. Challenge your negative thoughts. Mm. So those like thoughts that you, on your dark days, that no one likes you, mm-hmm. you're worthless. I think we all know that's your brain yeah. lying mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, you're like, well, okay, that's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, checking in with your loved ones. Just mm. checking in. Yeah, I know. It's it's a whole... Yes, it's the communication factor because you do feel alone. And it's even just knowing that you are not alone in this moment mm-hmm. is... Yes, it's a big thing. Um, do something new and challenge your brain. Because mm-hmm. that helps rewire it. Just to get out and do something different than you normally would. Yeah. It'll help you. And having fun. Do something you enjoy. All right. doesn't have to be big. Yeah. Read a book. Go for dinner. Just do something and shift the way you're normally doing things now a yeah. little bit. Okay. And that's basically it for natural depression. All right. I always Ways find that control. writing help too. Mm-hmm. That helps. If you can, it, it, but again, that's probably something that you enjoy. And mm-hmm. if that's one way that you are actually able to get your feelings and your thoughts out. And I think it's, um, especially when you write this like really dark, murderous, twisted, bloody story. Exactly. It doesn't have to be like a, a diary entry. <laughs> It, it doesn't even have to be you. It just it, it just has to be something, and then because um, then I know I used to do too, I used to be that kid that used to work like write poetry in the dark as a teenager because I was so That's broody, so angsty. right? <laughs> God, I know. I was like a '90s movie, just so ridiculous. Uh, but I look back on them now, and I can still remember. Like I still have them, so I still remember when I wrote them and how I felt when I wrote them. And I, I look back on me, and I'm like. God, you had it so good. It's going to get so much worse. But just please. It's, um, it's funny to me to look back on it now. Just But you, when you're in it, you are like, it's the worst thing in the world. And you just have to remember, it's not. Um, the basic moniker that we have for, um, you know, the LGBTQ2 plus community is it gets better. Mm-hmm. And it does. It, it, there, you may not be able to see a light at the end of the tunnel, but there is one. It's just, it, you need to find it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I think we should touch on anxiety, too. Oh, God, yes. That's a, that's, <laughs> that's a huge one for anyone Jeez. who's suffered from it. Like, mm-hmm. I've suffered from depression undiagnosed, but I've realized what it is, and I've gotten through that, even through, like, the suicidal phase and all of that negative bullshit. You've kind of just, I've kind of grown up with it and just understood now for myself if I'm going into this, like, dark phase, I kind of just, I roll into it for the day. Mm-hmm. That's it. I just take the day off completely from yep. everything. Yeah, yeah. And that'll usually help. But I know if I'm getting into that headspace, that's really toxic. And you're feeling... Not like Britney Spears toxic, right? No, because then it's like a really good day. Exactly. <laughs> but if you're getting in those feelings where you don't feel worth, you feel worthless. And it's literally that sentence that you feel in your head. You're like, nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. You're worthless. Mm-hmm. So you sit there. You're upset. You cry. You feel hate for yourself. Mm-hmm. A lot of ways, at least I did. And you kind of hate the world because you feel like nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then what is anxiety? Anxiety, because I've suffered with that too. And a lot of it was like social anxiety, even in school. Like the best way I can describe it is if you're just about to get in a car accident and your heart is thumping Mm -hmm. right after and Mm -hmm. you can't breathe. Yeah. And you can't think. Okay. I felt that every day at school. Yeah. All day. Oh, God. So I felt stupid at school because I couldn't concentrate and it wasn't like ADD or anything like that it was Mm -hmm. literally I couldn't focus because of people yeah around me and it wasn't like noises and stuff it was just like pressure constantly on me Mm -hmm. so I had that even when I went back to school for university and then I was like this is this doesn't make any sense why do I feel the same way now as I did in like junior high I'm a completely different person yeah 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 in a lot of ways and I'm an adult I'm not going through the hormones and everything else Mm mm-hmm until I realized that, and I went to an online university to finish mm-hmm. my degree. Yeah. Completely shifted my mindset. Well, because, yeah, now you're able to just learn. Because mm-hmm. you're getting out of that situation. Yeah. Okay. And it's the same thing going out to events and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the times, I'm like, I can't go and deal with, like, that many people. Yep. And it's the same reason. Yeah. Um, uh, with that, I know that I, I have social anxiety. Um, and I've discussed it a lot of times. I'm actually, but I never thought of it that way. I just always thought I was shy. Yeah. Like I just like I go into a new situation. There's different forms though because you're yeah. fine. You can't handle close like people. Yeah, yeah. And just talking. Yeah. I can't handle crowds. Yeah. Where I okay. can go to a bar and meet new people and mm-hmm. I'm completely like outgoing. Yeah. Oddly enough, mm-hmm. but when I'm in a big classroom and stuff, I like shut down. No, okay. well, see, whereas I, think I can handle crowds because I can just like bust through it and I'm like I don't care or whatever. I don't know any of these people. I don't care about any of these people. But yeah, if I ever actually have to like start small talk with anyone, uh, it's the worst thing. I have no, like I, I, I can live with the awkward silence because I can't think of anything to say and I just don't know it. And I'd, I'd rather them stop talking to me and just go away and let the feeling just leave than have to deal with the awkwardness of it all. Mm-hmm. And you were all excited about anxiety. <laughs> so. So excited. <laughs> That's uh, how we also met at Terry's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we discussed serial killers by the food table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, so who's your favorite? <laughs> it was totally like a really creepy rom-com. <laughs> totally. It's <laughs> terrible. Um, are you, do you, so you suffer from anxiety-ish? Yeah. Okay. Since... Uh, I was 17, so like 11 years now. Oh God. And I find this battle way, way worse than my depression. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you able to... Well, what, what kind of steps do you do to treat it? 
can you? Or you just it happens and you have to. Or what kind of anxiety do you have? Yeah, Is yeah. it more like crowds like, yeah, what's, or... like yeah, what kind of situations are you like? Oh my god, I can't do this. It's lots and lots of different situations. Mm-hmm. At first, it was um, I had a little bit of agoraphobia when it first started. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like fear of people, crowds. October. What was I don't know? Two thousand seven. There we are. <laughs> the, the Brittany. Same, yes. yes. Same, Brittany shaved her head. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was really stick, sick with the stomach flu, and every time I felt better and I would try and leave my house, mm-hmm. I'd like feel sick again. Oh. So it just got to a point where I just, I, I didn't want to leave my house. I couldn't leave my house because mm-hmm. I was scared something bad was going to happen. Like mm-hmm. it was just probably almost a year of just wow. hardly ever leaving my house. Mm-hmm. And then in February 2008... My dad and I went to London, and then, like, I went all crazy, and I, like, <laughs> chopped off all my hair at, like, three in the morning, <laughs> so we had to fly back, and then, I don't even know what caused that, I just, I woke up, and I was panicking, and I was anxious, and I was crying, and I just <laughs> cut off all my hair. So, you wake up in the middle of the night, and you're like, oh my god, everything's coming at me, and you have no idea what's going on, but cut, shaving your head is gonna solve this? I had shaved it when I got home. Oh, okay. I shaved it totally bald. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to poo-poo it because um, Godney did it so everyone else is able to shave their head anytime they want because it is a viable treatment for anyone going through something that's also why people cut their hair after a breakup it gives them control that's why they cut wow. it wow yeah it's really that makes sense mm-hmm. I guess I'm not going to for you was able to leave the house but, yeah. but obviously you're here with us today <laughs> yeah <laughs> she only got lost five times, but that's okay. <laughs> Different story. Um, but my parents were, like, super, super amazing. Mm-hmm. So, um, at this point, my mom was still up north, and my dad was in the south. Yeah. So when he would pick me up to take me to his house, um, he, we'd usually have to stop somewhere so I could, like, buy a magazine or something to distract me in that car ride. Oh, yeah, okay. Or with my mom, we'd go grocery shopping, and she'd be like, Kate, we're going to drive to the bank. And we'll see how you feel. And if I was okay, we could drive to the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And if I was okay, then we could go in. And if not, she would just take me home. Wow. But I have other anxiety issues, and sometimes I don't know what causes them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be at work, mm-hmm. like, totally fine. Because I've seen those. In the middle of the aisle, and then all of a sudden I just start panicking. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, I have to run to a phone, and I have to call my dad. Because mm-hmm. my dad is, like, super awesome. I know he'll never listen to this, because he's, like, kind of old. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he doesn't understand the technology. <laughs> no. But he's, like, super amazing with that. Like, he'll walk me through it. Like, he'll just tell me to, he'll just, like, he'll walk me through it, and he'll just be like, okay, breathe. Because when I tell myself to breathe, I can't fucking breathe. Yeah, because, yeah. So yeah. I need someone else to tell me. Mm-hmm. And if I can't contact him, then I'll just try and find, like, a space alone, or I'll go into the office, and I'll just panic and mm-hmm. just sit there. Mm-hmm. Which is nice, because people will, like, you know, they'll try and, like, hug you or touch you, and it's like, nah. Yeah, not right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like when I'm I'm in the middle of a panic attack, I've had people tell me not to panic, and I'm like, <laughs> what? Stupidest thing ever. I know. <clears throat> like I literally can't breathe. If I could stop panicking, I would stop panicking. Yeah, which is one of the most irritating things. Mm-hmm. I don't like not knowing what causes it. That just. I think that actually might be one of the worst parts of anxiety is not knowing what causes it. So you mm-hmm. get more anxious because you don't know mm-hmm. what it is. There's uh, actually a way to do it, though. 
Hmm. There's a technique if you're going through an anxiety attack. It might not work for everybody, but for some people it might. Name five things you can see in a room. So like a chair, a painting. Just to help you stop for a second. Okay. Name four things you can feel. Your feet, your feet on the floor, cool air on your skin. Three things you can hear right now. People talking outside, ironically. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, name two things you can smell right now. Toast, perfume. If you're smelling burnt toast, you might have some. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll skip the toast. <laughs> Um, and name one good thing about yourself, i.e., I am strong. And that was... That's it. Those are grounding techniques? Yeah. So grounding like, yeah. techniques to yeah. cut yeah. down anxiety. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah. you just want to get your head out of that space that you're in. It's the same thing as breathing. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, because you don't want to... Uh, you just want to stop the attack. You don't want to spiral it out of control. Because yeah. it no. just keeps... It's, it's like a snowball. It just keeps building and building and building and building. Because it's... Like, it starts with a sort of, like, seed of anxiety, mm-hmm. and then it just, mm-hmm. all the other anxieties that you're feeling because of it kind of just globs onto it, and just, yeah. That's why hugging doesn't work either. If you're not a hugging person in general, oh God, exactly. someone touching you because they think that's the nurturing thing to do yeah. can actually, like, make it worse. Yes. Because if you need to be hugged, it's because you, quote-unquote, feel sad. Being anxious is not being sad. Mm-hmm. No. It's too... Very like, different for things. me, it's like, again, it feels like you're in a car accident. Like, you're just about to get in a yeah. car accident, mm-hmm. and you just, your whole body is, like, vibrating. Yeah. And yeah. your head is, like, completely, like, spaced out. But I, I will say that not all people are like that. There are some no. people, and I'm very much one of these people where um, when, I, when I panic or I have an anxiety attack, um, physical touch with someone close to me um, will help me. And, mm-hmm. and I do that a lot with, and I did it a lot when... We used to go to your parents' house because they always made me anxious. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, so there would be a point where I would be overwhelmed by, a situ- by the situation. Mm-hmm. And so I would literally just reach out and, and grab your pinky. Mm-hmm. And like it would be the smallest, but it's enough to ground me in that moment yeah. Yeah. that I can collect myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I've, I also, I've also realized that I can't stand big crowds. Like, I, I, uh, we went, I went with my mom and my sister to... Um, Kensington when they turned it into Diagon Alley mm-hmm. and there were so many people bustling me like like just shoving me around yeah. and I ended up dropping my phone and cracking the screen like on your first day that you had yeah it. I think I had for like two weeks I was so mad yeah. but I, I just if, if, if I just dropped it because I was being stupid I could have picked it up and dealt with it but because I, there were so many people around me and I couldn't breathe, and I couldn't. There was no way for me to get out. And then I dropped my phone. I mm-hmm. I had a meltdown. Yeah. I turned to my mom. I said, "Can we leave?" Yeah. And she's like, "Well, yeah." No, I'm like, I'm like, well, I I need to leave. Like, I need to get out of here. And yeah. so I went, and I think the comic book store, um, another di- or mm-hmm. yeah, another dimension was yeah. really close. So I went, I went in there. Yeah. For like ten minutes, and it was just enough to calm me down because it was away from people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, I call it my people limit. Once yeah, yeah. I hit my people limit, I need to go. Which, yeah. I, I, which oddly, I don't have. Maybe it's because I'm just used to dealing with people every day. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'll go to... I never had the problem at work, though. Yeah. I've worked in retail, and I've worked Christmas season in a mall, and it's hell. So don't ever treat people crappy in retail. Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I've never had the experience with the anxiety hitting me when I'm working. Weird. Ever. Because I, I know um, places that you think it would be, uh, like... Uh, at um, concerts or whatever, like I've been in the middle of a mosh pit. I have, you know, where, where people have like rushed the stage and whatever. I'm fine with it. I'm okay with all that. Like in like people jumping and jostling and bumping into you. It's just if I have, actually have to interact with somebody, mm-hmm. that's when I panic. 
But I think you make your own coping mechanisms. Like, in the situations like you have, mm-hmm. you kind of avoid it or you yeah. disengage. You don't talk and yeah. then they leave you alone. Exactly. Where for people who can't deal with crowds or don't want to deal with mm-hmm. crowds, I avoid going shopping when it's busy. Yo, yeah. I completely avoid it because I can't deal with it. I know my anxiety, like, ramps up. Yeah. Where Adam never understood it and he was like, why? Why do you, can't you deal with this? Yeah. Because I don't want to. Yeah. I know what my body feels like when I'm in that situation. It's not just like, I don't like people. Get out of my way. It's like, you can't breathe. No, and that's why like I apply my Christmas shopping. If I have to hit them all in December, it's on a weekday when I know the mall is quieter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here's our special guest. Sometimes I'll get a little anxious talking with new people. Because, I mean, I'm okay with crowds, but just introducing myself to somebody mm-hmm. is just... Yeah. It's like, weird. I can't believe you and I became such great friends. I know. I don't even he know. He attracts what, the weirdos. I, I do. I really do. Maybe we talked about dicks or something like Probably. the first time we met. I think we did. Yeah. Because that, that's a topic that's always fresh on my mind. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm really open to talking about it 24 7. Um, I think that's actually something because our guest star, who you might have heard panting, no, that was not any of us. Um, <laughs> that was the house horse. That was the house horse. Uh, one thing that I think a lot of people, um, it's not, it wasn't on the list, but getting a pet. If you can actually, mm-hmm. uh, if you yes. are able to care for it, that's the most important totally. thing. Um, Again, it's the small goals and accomplishments. Yeah. Most people, if they can't, quote unquote, care for themselves, yes. they will always nurture and care for their pet. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that act of having to get out of bed to mm-hmm. feed the dog. Yep. And I think yep. dogs are a little bit more work. Yep. So you'd have to get up, feed the dog, <laughs> let them outside at least, or take them for a walk. Yep. Yes. So that's actually making you do something. Mm-hmm. To care for somebody else, yeah, which giving is giving you accomplishment, yeah. And usually, when you get that love and affection back in return, that is also a, it's also a plus, yes. Because then it actually makes you feel that you are bonded with some someone. They actually yeah. do that in uh, universities now. Mm-hmm. Around exam season, they'll bring in dogs and put them in a playpen, yeah, for students to come and like play with them and oh interact with Why them. Why always dogs? Why not cats? Well, kids I, it's, it's, <laughs> I think it's scientifically proven that dogs actually give more quote unquote love. And people can receive it easier than they can for cats. Yeah. They do that with um, old age homes, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. They bring dogs in so they can actually interact with them. Yeah. Well, because like, I know like Ahura is such a social dog. She yeah. will talk to anybody. If you offer to pet her, she mm-hmm. is like your best friend. Yeah. Whereas Normal, it's like, oh, Normal, you're so sweet. She's like, don't touch me. Yeah. Unless she knows you. Unless she knows you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when she but gets she to know you, there, is nothing, there was nothing more, more relaxing um, than having that little ball of fur mm-hmm. curl up on your chest mm-hmm. and like headbutt you for kisses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then just like sitting there and purring. Yes. If you, if you like same Emily, you know it. Like if your cat is on you and just sitting there purring, it's like the most relaxing mm-hmm. thing ever. Yeah. And you feel like so Zen in the, the best moment. is when they like need on your chest. Oh yeah. When you get the yes. schnozzle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But so it's, um, I, I actually found that that really did help me through a lot of it is just having, having pets and having people to come home to, mm-hmm. uh, if you don't have someone, at least you've got someone in your, yes in, in your fur babies. Yeah. Right. So, um, someone not, you can be open with. Exactly. I'm not saying you, you need to turn into a crazy cat lady, but if you want to be a crazy cat lady, go become a crazy mm-hmm. cat lady. As long as you can take care of them. As long as you, you can take them. care of them. Yes. Like, and that's, you don't want to, um, you don't want to have do any neglect or anything like that to somebody yeah. else. Cause then if you're battling d- depression, it'll actually make you feel worse because then you're like, Oh my God, I can't provide for these, for my kids and I can't do yeah. all this. Yeah. It makes you feel worse. Tailspin. So yeah. yeah. Like it just makes, as long as you're in like a place of mediocre goodness. 
And sometimes all you need is, I know her does this to us all the time, where she'll she'll hop up on the couch and she'll just rest her head on you. Yep. And that alone can sometimes turn the day around. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if uh, if you aren't able to get a pet, go to a pet store. Sometimes even just, like, it's the same thing. Or go to a puppies, house. right? Well, yeah, I, just be the sight of being able to yeah. see a puppy, being able to, like, interact. Well, Calgary at, has that cat cafe in mm-hmm. Kensington, I think. I think it's in Kensington. Yep. Yeah, where you can go and, like, play Dr- with a cat for Drink hour. coffee and have fun with cats. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So it's it's good therapy. Yeah. Um, it's actually, um, animal therapy is one of those things that in the past few years has really come around. Yes. And they're using it a lot. Yeah. For this reason, it, it just now I will say some of the emotional support animals have kind of gotten a little out of hand. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really know how emotionally supportive a peacock is, <laughs> or a turkey, or a turkey. Hey, you don't know. That's just it. <laughs> you, you don't know what that turkey's been through with their owner, right? They went. They've gone through a lot of Thanksgivings. <coughs> They're tight, yo. Have we? Uh, We've tackled we mental health for the very crisis? slightly, but yes. Yeah. Uh, there's all, obviously there's definitely things that we've missed, um, big uh, categories that were still out there. Um, I think the biggest thing is is you know talking about it kind of destigmatizes it, and exactly. that's that's kind of the biggest battle right now. And I think um, even when people think they they talk about it and then they're ashamed of it, don't be ashamed of no. it. I am. Uh, I'm all for, like, I'm on meds for my crazy. Like, I'm okay with that. And it, it just, it makes me better. Let's discuss that, too, because some people feel like being medicated means you have failed as a person. You have failed somehow. No, because... I know. No, it, depression it, is, it's a chemical neuro, neurotransmitter yeah. imbalance in your brain. So, mm-hmm. and if, that's if, all it if is. that's what you need so that you feel like you can function, then mm-hmm. forget what everyone else says. Because you are taking care of you, and that is the most important thing with dealing with mental illness. Yeah. Stop fucking apologizing. Yes. We talked about this <laughs> yes. in the car. <laughs> they don't live your life, so stop apologizing exactly. for it. And again, because I think you, you actually said it, is that if you are on medication for any other quote-unquote regular illness that people can see and people know about. So mm-hmm. if you are, you know, if you're a diabetic, if you've got high blood pressure, if you've got all this other things, no one says anything wrong with you being on medication no. for blank. But when you say, I'm on medication for depression, you all get the, ew. Yeah. Really? Yep. What's wrong with like, you? Like, it's, it's no, it's still just yeah. a physiological response to something and that the, the medication is just, like Ray said, fixes the chemical imbalance and you're a little bit better. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, That's so all don't depression be ashamed. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Same as bipolar, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's just chemicals in your brain. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It just d- deals with it differently um, than depression. It's, it's no, it's no, different it's no different synapse. than taking chemotherapy for cancer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no one's ever going to shame you for that. No. <laughs> exactly. No one's going to shame you for getting stitches in your arm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. don't shame somebody for trying to better themselves and understand their mental illness. Yeah. To make themselves better. Yep. Yeah. I know. It's just dumb. Don't be dumb. <laughs> okay. Be nice to those people. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so... Let's keep this conversation going. Yes. Um, speaking of, if you have comments, questions, or concerns uh, that you want to talk about... All the information is down below in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, so take a peek in our undercarriage for all of our information. Yeah. Is that what it is? Okay, we'll lift up our skirt. Mm-hmm. Um, Just this one, though. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> uh, special thanks for Emily for stopping by. Yes, yeah, you'll did, have to come did, back. Did we cure you? Are you not crazy anymore? 
<laughs> like I'm crazier. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just because you're with us. Um, so thank you all for being here. Um, it's just another uh, fun and exciting Saturday afternoon for all of us. Yes. So thanks for stopping by. And we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, uh, once again, this has been Gay Yoda YYC. So uh, <laughs> I'm shameless plug, baby. Hey, I have to need those followers, yo. Be good to each other. Don't be, don't be douchey. And if you're needing help, we are here. If you think you need to talk to somebody, talk to us. You've heard we've got our crazy stories. We aren't licensed. Just yeah. we aren't licensed, <laughs> but we are willing to listen. We are not licensed to serve alcohol <laughs> or deal with any mental illness. But we've done both. But we are here to listen, and that's what's important. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, if you just need someone to talk to or ask questions, hit us up. We will, we're usually more than happy to talk to somebody because we like talking to people. All right, that's all we got. Okay, signing off for now. Yeah.